Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hello, Dog Speak Geeks. Welcome to the new podcast for this week. Hope you're having a good week. This rain is just wearing us out here in Tennessee. I hope you guys, wherever you're listening, I hope that you are having a little bit better weather and maybe a little bit drier conditions. Uh, If you're out there, please be safe. And I know that it must be tough to get your dogs plenty of exercise and a lot of work whenever we have this much rain. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about some things that you can do in the house today. Um, I'm actually doing this podcast because someone reached out to us and wanted to know how to work with your dog if you have a disability. Uh, So Carvin, thank you for sending uh, that suggestion in and we hope that we give you enough information in this podcast that you can work with your dog at home with or without disabilities. Now, the biggest thing that I really want dogs to get on a regular basis is not physical stimulation, but mental stimulation. Physical stimulation is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Your dog needs to run. It needs to jump. It needs to play and interact with other dogs. But I do believe that mental stimulation is more powerful and truly, I think, more satisfying for dogs. And really, you can think about it yourself. I know personally, I love to exercise. I love to go to the gym. I go to the gym probably six to seven days a week. I really enjoy working out. Um, It helps me with my mental as well as my physical. But I think that if all I ever did was work out, I would get bored. I love to read. I love to learn new things. I love to put ideas out there. So I really love working my brain. And I think that if I only exercise, I don't think that I would be satisfied. I like a really good balance of both. Now I know there are people out there that are really into bodybuilding and exercising or they're true athletes. And in that sense, that physical stimulation is probably more satisfying to them. But if you look at any athlete there may be a lot of physical stimulation that needs to take place, but the majority of athletes also need mental stimulation because they have to learn strategies. They have to learn plays. Uh, Maybe they're having to study a playbook or study defense or study offense. And so there are a lot of things that go into play with that as well. So how does this translate to our dog? Well, a lot of the dogs um, were bred to do stuff. They were bred to work. And a lot of the jobs uh, 
required good physical stimulation. But even with physical stimulation, it still required mental stimulation. Let's take Border Collies, for example. Border Collies, they're a herding breed, um, but they're also meant to work fairly independently. However, there is a time that they have to work as a team and that they have to listen to commands given from their handler. So when they are working a kind of more of an independent way, they're using their brain a little bit. They're having to kind of adjust their behavior to make sure that whatever animal they're hurting, they are doing it with the best possibility of getting them where they need to go. Uh, when the handler has to step in, then they're doing the directing, which means a little less mental stimulation for the dog. So as you can see, it's important that dogs have both of that mental and that physical stimulation. Now, let's talk about your dog that maybe can't get that physical exercise at home because of the weather. But also, let's talk about those that maybe there are owners that have some disabilities where they're unable to really get their dog out they're unable to run with their dog or walk with their dog or, or even just take their dog to a dog park. What is the best way to keep the dog stimulated as well as train the dog to do the things that the dog needs to do? Well, I'm a big believer that training really happens in your everyday routine. If you're able to feed the dog, if you're able to let the dog out into a fenced-in area, if you are petting on the dog, or if you're even allowing the dog to maybe curl up and cuddle up with you. There are certain things that you can do in those moments to help the dog learn uh, how to behave and how to do particular behaviors in order to earn those rewards. Now, the last podcast or, well, several podcasts, we've talked about hand feeding. And hand feeding is a great exercise and something you can do in just in a chair. And as long as you can be verbal and as long as you can use your hands uh, you should be able to do hand feeding and hand feeding is a great exercise to give that mental stimulation and it allows you to capture behaviors that you would like to see repeated so that you can put those things on command so with hand feeding you basically will sit there with their food and wait for them to offer a behavior something that you like and it can be something very simple don't try to get too complicated when doing this. You want to look for something fairly simple that your dog is doing. Maybe the dog sits. Maybe the dog stands, offers a paw, backs up, walks forward, turns away from you, turns its head to the right or left, or it looks up, or it scratches its ear. It offers a paw to you. There are so many different things that dogs will do. Your job is to sit there quietly. And when your dog gives you a behavior that you like, during that desired behavior, you will verbally mark it with a good boy or good girl and give them a bite of their food. And you will repeat this process for that entire bowl. And the key is, is the dog needs to do something different every time to try to get you to say good boy or good girl. We'll just use good puppy to make it easy. In other words, I don't want the dog to just sit there and wait for you to feed it. And I don't want you to reward the dog for just sitting there being good. You may really like the sit. You may really like the down. And you might like the dog staying in that position. But the purpose of the hand feeding is to get the dog to use its brain and really think. And that is a really important thing to do. So if you can do this one, two times a day, it really helps the dog feel satisfied. And at the same time, 
you are teaching the dog good behaviors to fill its brain with. And, you know, if in the, in the beginning, your dog may not be very good at this. If you've not taught the dog to think for itself, your dog may not be great. So it may be a slow process. But don't, uh, don't try to encourage the dog. Don't try to ask the dog to do something. We really want the dog to learn to think and use his brain for himself, which means that he has to figure things out if something's not working. It's his job to try something different. This also builds in great good self-control um, and builds the confidence in the dog as well. There's a lot of things that you can teach by just sitting there in a chair and doing hand feeding. And really, eventually, once your dog starts to figure out certain things work, they will start doing those things all the time. At that point, we can put um, a command with it. But also, when the dog starts doing different things, and it's just doing the same old stuff, you will need to start backing up and not giving a reward for those little behaviors like sit, stand, down, paw, and make the dog try something else. And it's really important that we try to get the dog to do things away from you, not just right in front of you in the chair. You'll want the dog to try to move away. And so one thing that you can do with that if you're having a hard time getting your dog to move away is once your dog earns a verbal marker and it earns a bite of its food, toss it away from the dog so the dog has to go over and get the food. Once the dog gets done eating that food, before it has a chance to return to you, mark that behavior, toss another one. You can also wait for the dog to come back to you, reward the dog for coming back to you. That is the come command or the come behavior. I don't want you tossing a treat just to get the dog to move in order to get the verbal marker. But once the dog has earned the verbal marker, you may toss the treat away from the dog or the food away from the dog. And so the dog has to physically move to go get it. Once that dog has picked that food up and has eaten it, then you can mark the behavior at a distance. And if you just start marking behavior at a distance, the dog will start to learn that it doesn't have to be in front of you in order to earn its food. Now, you can also take half of that food and instead of feeding it all at once, maybe break it up over a period of 30 minutes to where maybe you're watching TV and you want the dog to just go and chew on its bones or chew on a toy or play or do some other things. And so when you take your attention off the dog and start watching TV, the dog may do that. When you see the dog doing something you like, verbally mark it, toss the food, go back watching TV. Now, of course, your dog is probably going to come running over to you and looking at you because they're excited that there is a possibility that they're going to earn more food and that it's just fine. But if you want the dog to do things away from you, then you can just sit there and hold off the food and wait for the dog to move away. This may take a little practice for you both, but it is a great way to start teaching your dog good behavior. And training really is 24 seven. So every time you're interacting, you are teaching something. So as long as you're able to uh, verbally speak to the dog or use your hands, even if it's minimal, you can still teach the dog those things that you want. Capturing behavior is powerful because the majority of things that we want dogs to do when it comes to good manners, dogs already do it. We don't have to teach a dog to sit. We don't have to teach a dog to lay down. They physically already do these behaviors. But if you capture them, then you are able to teach the dog that those are good behaviors that you like.
Another couple of things that you can do specifically if you're sitting in a chair and you have the use of your hands is you can teach the touch command. And the touch command is a great exercise to help the dog learn that he needs to come to you immediately while you're still teaching a come command. So the touch is just basically the dog taking his nose and touching your hand. The key to this is making sure that you reward the dog 100% of the time. It's really good as an emergency button to get the dog away from something immediately. The way you would teach that is you would take a piece of food and you would put it in your fist, hold your fist up against your chest, hold it there, wait for the dog's to attention, and if you're doing some feeding, he's already going to be paying attention to you. You will say the word touch, then you will release your hand from your chest, and you will straighten your arm right out about a foot away from your dog's nose. Hold it there and your dog should naturally walk over to it, smell the food, therefore touching his nose to your hand. As soon as the dog touches his nose to your hand, good boy, open your hand and give them the piece of food. You will start that way for the first five or six pieces. After that, you will make your fist without food in your hand Again, hand to the chest, say touch, extend your arm out. Your fist should be about a foot away from your dog's nose. The dog should naturally go to it, touch it as soon as you feel that nose on your hand. Good boy. Then you will reach back into your bowl to get the food and hand it to your dog. And you will repeat that process, uh, teaching the dog touch in different ways. Now when you practice touch, you can do it during the hand feeding exercise with the last, say, 10 pieces of the dog's food. Don't go more than probably 5 or 10 times of asking your dog to touch on command. It can get really boring. And so I want the dog to make it more of an exciting thing. If you are physically able to move around the house, uh, then you can start doing touch in different places and at random times. Just make sure that you always reward the dog for doing it. Even if that means that the dog gets the touch and then you have to go get the piece of food or treat. Now when you're practicing this exercise, there's going to come a point that your dog is not going to touch your hand. And it may be the sixth or seventh time that you ask the dog to do it. If this happens, if you extend your arm and the fist is a foot away from your dog's nose, if the dog does not touch it, Wait for five seconds, and if he still hasn't touched, bring your hand back to your chest, wait a couple of seconds, and repeat the process with touch, extend the arm, and your fist is a foot from your dog's nose, and give him five more seconds to do it. It's not abnormal, actually it's very normal, for dogs to not touch at some point, just to see if them touching your hand has anything to do with the verbal marker itself. Because when they don't touch it, and they don't get the verbal marker, then they will see that the touch really is what's causing the verbal marker to happen. Therefore, that's what's causing them to get their food. So that's a great exercise you can do as well. And if your dog is laying down, you can easily do a stay. Because guess what? Stay is not always you moving away from the dog. The stay should not be based on your behavior. The stay is something that uh, the dog needs to learn that means you stay in this spot regardless of what I'm doing. So let's say the dog offers you a down. He lays down, good boy, 
you give them a piece of food. Then you can simply say stay, wait about two seconds, then say okay, and then you toss the treat to make the dog move, right? So that's basically telling him that the behavior has ended. When you start out doing the stay, don't stare at your dog. You just sit there in a normal way, okay? So you just kind of sit like you're watching TV or just kind of hanging out. So you may look at your dog and say stay, but then I want you to glance away, and as long as the dog is still laying there, say, okay, good boy, and then toss the treat. So stay is not just about you moving away from the dog. Now, if the dog moves during your stay, then it could be that you need to work back to getting the down pretty consistent before asking for the stay. If your dog is just not staying long enough, then you can try to bring the dog back and get another down and then ask for the stay again and just make the stays a little bit shorter to begin with. So you can see that there are a couple of things that you can really do from just sitting in a chair. But obviously when it comes to things like walking on a leash or coming with distractions or just behaving in public or even you know, with guests coming over, you may need a little assistance depending on what your disability you know, may be. Good news is there's typically uh, trainers around your area that use positive techniques that will come in and help you or will come in and actually work with the dog. Personally, we work with dogs uh, or we work with our clients' dogs. Once they've worked with us personally, uh, we will absolutely help them out and, you know, teach their dogs some things that they may not be able to teach them or teach them some things or work on things uh, with the owners that maybe they don't, they're not really good at. And leash is one of the biggest things. We have a lot of clients that are not great with leash behavior and they're not great with leash reactivity. And so Gray will a lot of times work with the dogs by himself just to get the dogs started and then help the owners uh, learn how to use the commands properly. This is different than doing, say, a board and train. It's different than somebody just taking your dog and working with them. It's really building off what you've already done and what we've already started you doing. It's just building off of that and helping you out. So that may be something that some of you would be interested in if you have a disability. And there are ways that you can teach your dog to help you if you have a disability. You know, we work with a service dog organization and we're learning a lot on teaching dogs uh, certain behaviors that will help out with people's disability. And we can easily help you with that as well. And, you know, sometimes it may be something as simple as picking something up for you. And I say that we're learning because I'm fairly new to the service dog world. And I have trainers that work with the dogs. And truly, these trainers have been teaching me a, a whole lot about the service dog training world. So it's been very fascinating. And I think that there are some good things that you can teach your dog just to help you at home with certain tasks without making them a true service dog. In other words, you're not gonna be taking them in public. But there are things that they can do. Get your phone or get something out of the, uh, the refrigerator or get meds out of a cabinet. So there are different things that you can do with that as well. Um, too difficult to really explain on a podcast for that, but I'm sure you could find tons of YouTube videos. Um, just make sure that whatever videos you look for, they're using positive techniques. Uh, and they're, you know, and the dogs look excited about doing the training. Uh, so I really hope that this has helped you out a lot. Um, Carmen, I really appreciate you sending us an email and asking for this. 
Uh, this was not something that I would have really thought about doing. And so I really appreciate you reaching out to us and, uh, and suggesting this. And I hope that we've given you some ideas on what you can do uh, because we don't know what disabilities people have. Sometimes we just have to throw out some uh, generic things that people can do, like the hand feeding. Um, and really the hand feeding is something that I like to teach across the board because I think every dog can benefit and I also believe that it helps humans slow down in the world and teaches them how to be better at capturing behavior. So really try that and work on that. And I believe we have a video of hand feeding on our video page on our website at dogspeak101.com. You can check that out. And we'll be doing some more videos here soon, uh, hopefully to go along with some of our podcasts and uh, help you guys, you know, teach your dog some other behaviors that you may want to be teaching them. So I know you probably heard a big rattling sound uh, a couple of minutes ago. My Roddy is sitting in here with me and she had an itch. So that was her collar. So apologize for that noise, but if you have a dog, you completely understand. I really hope you guys have a great week. Um, and even if you are not dealing with a disability, maybe you're not dealing with bad weather, maybe you're not dealing with a dog who's just, you know, too hard to take outside or in public, the hand feeding is still good for you. And the hand feeding is really still good for your dog. And I know that your dog will enjoy it and you will enjoy it. It just may take a little patience on your end to help the dog understand what you're wanting. Do not give the dog commands when you're playing this game. Do not have food in your hand when you're playing this game. And do not have your hand in the bowl. And always be sure that you're giving the verbal marker before you reach for the food because that verbal marker is the most important thing. If you have questions, please reach out to us, info at dogspeak101.com. If there's anything we can do to help you, reach out. Like us on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Be sure that you share these podcasts. And we are really trying to get back on track to every week getting these podcasts out for you. And if you have any suggestions, please, again, send those to us, info at dogspeak101.com. Uh, our website, dogspeak101.com. Uh, and Facebook, of course, you can find us there as well. Guys, I really appreciate it. And if you do like our podcast, we encourage you to please rate us so that others can find us. We're finding that uh, with the ratings, if you're searching for dog training podcast, um, the way that our podcast comes up is if we have a lot of ratings. So if you could do that, it'd be great. We would love to reach other people. We want to share our knowledge with everyone across this world and if you are living somewhere other than Tennessee, please reach out to us and let us know. Send us a message on Facebook, or you can shoot us a direct email. I really hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week, and have great times with your dog, and work with your dog on a regular basis. I promise you that you'll enjoy it, and your dog will enjoy it. God bless. Have a great week.